This episode of the Consulting Pipeline Podcast is brought to you by LeadCookie. LeadCookie is a service run by my friend Jake Jorgovan. And very simply, it, uh, let's see how best to describe this. It uses a very effective LinkedIn lead generation system, which basically only works for companies that are very tightly focused in terms of their specialization or their market position. Now, it doesn't have to be a software development shop like I normally focus on, but that is for sure the one prerequisite for a service like Lead Cookie working for you. That tight, specific, narrow focus that's focused on either a specific market vertical and a sort of problem that they may suffer from or a horizontal problem in general. Lead Cookie is new. It's something that pays for itself if you're Customer lifetime value is $10,000 or more, and it takes off of your shoulder the burden of doing what Jake talks about in the DevShop marketing briefing that's coming up here in a, in a moment. So if that's interesting to you, if, if acquiring leads in a way that is um, kind of hands-off for you but very effective is interesting, head over to leadcookie.com. That's L E A D. And then the word cookie, we all know how to spell that, I assume, <laughs> leadcookie.com. So lately I've been doing a bit of consolidation and simplification on my website. Um, there's not like a dramatic change that you need to rush there and check out. One of the things that I'm doing is changing how I publish the recordings of these dev shop marketing briefings that I do. I've always published a video of those a day or two after the event to my website. You can go to my, philipmorganconsulting.com, scroll all the way to the bottom, and there's a resources link. And from there, you can access this other page, which is an index of these free webinars that I've done about once a month. I call them Dev Shop Marketing Briefings. If you're on my list, I announce them to my email list so that you can choose if you want to attend live and ask questions of either myself or whoever is my guest expert presenter. So I will continue publishing the video of those to my website. For a while, I had a private, sort of a private podcast feed where the audio of those webinars was also published to this private podcast feed. I am just going to consolidate that podcast feed with the Consulting Pipeline podcast. So Whenever I do a new DevShop marketing briefing, I'll continue to publish the video, and sometimes the video is worth watching so you can see the slides that the presenter used. But oftentimes the slides are only a slight value add, quite honestly, and you can get just as much information with a lot more flexibility in terms of how and where you listen to it by listening to the audio of those webinars. So again, I'm just, every once in a while, you'll see an episode of this podcast called, you know, DSMB or DevShop Marketing Briefing, and then some topic that's hopefully of interest and value to you show up in this podcast feed. So this is just a heads up that that's a small change I'm going to be making. It's really just so that I don't have to uh, maintain two different podcast feeds. It's really just a, a simplification. That's, that's about the only reason I'm doing it is to make my life a little bit easier, but still hopefully provide really easy access to, to what I think is very valuable information. So with that, I will stop this recording and just edit this in front of 
a presentation that happened earlier today by Jake Jorgovan of Lead Cookie about how he's developed um, a system that just reliably and repeat repeatably for firms that are very tightly focused generates uh, great leads from LinkedIn. Hope you enjoy. Welcome everybody to today's DevShop Marketing Briefing. I've got a special guest today, Jake Jorgovan. He is going to be talking about lead generation using LinkedIn, <clears throat> which probably makes you think, oh, is that all there is to it? Uh, no, <laughs> that's not all there is to it. Jake has uh, been developing a, a process or a system that he uses to get very good results for special people. Those people are <laughs> those who have put in the uh, not insignificant, not easy work of deciding how they're gonna narrow down and specialize their business. So as soon as Jake told me that, I was like, okay, we gotta get you on the next DevShop Marketing Briefing so you can talk about the process, why perhaps it doesn't work for people who are more of a generalist, and this is not me like trying to strong arm you into being a specialist, but it sounds like it's one yet one more reason to consider specializing. And for those of you that have, hopefully it's a nice how-to uh, demonstration of how you could get more leads from LinkedIn. So Jake has impressed me because he's always, as long as I've known him, I'm sure there was a pre-Philip knowing Jake, Jake, but as long as I've known him, he's been focused on outbound marketing. And I think outbound is uh, a tool that maybe, I know I underutilized it when I was starting out because I was afraid to use it. It was mysterious. It seemed like interrupting people. It seemed like bothering people. And I was, I never had an answer to the question, like, why would I do it? And who would I go after? And what would I say if I got them to, you know, respond to my outreach? So I feel like Outbound is this wonderfully powerful tool that a lot of us are probably underutilizing. Jake is uh, one of two people I know who has more expertise on Outbound stuff than pretty much anybody else I, I directly know. And so I'm super pleased that he was able to make some time to be here today to talk about this process. I hope that what Jake says will spur some questions. Um, as those come up, just drop them in the chat window in Zoom. That'll be a nice way to kind of build a backlog of questions for us to work through when Jake is done with his presentation. And it's gonna be, you know, 30, 40% of our time will be him talking. The rest of our time is Q&A and discussion. So uh, just drop those questions in the chat window and then we'll work through them after Jake's presentation is done. Um, if you want, you can, you know, when we're discussing your question, you can turn on your video and have some back and forth with us, ask follow-up questions, whatever you like. I think that's it. Uh, Jake, I will turn things over to you. I'm going to spotlight your video and mute mine and, uh, and take it away, man. Awesome. That sounds good. Well, Philip, thank you again for having me on here. And hello, everyone, and excited to share and uh, present this all with you guys today. So I'll go ahead and share my screen, and we'll dive in and just get started with the presentation and everything. So here we go. Let me know. Can everyone see my screen? I can. And I speak for everyone. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. So um, yeah, everyone, today I'm going to be sharing basically a process, um, complete like end-to-end -end process on using LinkedIn to generate leads. And um, so for anyone out there who 
doesn't know me or has seen me for a long time, they'll know that I've been kind of obsessed with this question for quite a while of how do agencies and consultants win new clients? And so as where Philip mentioned, I've been doing a ton with outbound marketing where I've been doing a lot of consulting, a lot of just outreach, a lot of variety of different tactics. And I've constantly been basically testing, researching, interviewing people on my podcast and just trying to figure out how do, how do agencies get more clients? So um, that's kind of been this ongoing question and kind of goal of my career for the past several years. Um, partially because I owned an agency prior and this was my role. And as I started working with others, I just kept trying to figure out, you know, more and more ways to do this, more efficient, better ways. And it was somewhere around a few months ago that I started realizing I was getting work from LinkedIn, um, but I wasn't really intentional about it. I was just kind of active on LinkedIn. I would comment, I would share stuff and somehow things would just kind of pop up or happen. Um, so I started kind of dabbling in a few tactics and saw some results and then I decided, well, I think this is an underutilized channel because I, I know that there's just got to be better ways. So um, what I did is I decided to go out and I researched all of the thought leaders out there. I looked at people like Josh Turner and John Nemo and all the people out who are out there writing and putting out content about um, LinkedIn. and basically aggregated what I felt were the top tactics that still seemed really relevant and useful in today's market. Um, there's a lot of tactics out there. Some of them are dated as LinkedIn kind of changes their platform and it's a moving target. Um, but basically what I did is I gathered the top few tactics and started testing them on my own account with my own consulting business. And what happened was that basically in the first month of this, um, I booked 11 phone calls through LinkedIn and I had an additional 19 qualified leads that I was still basically following up with trying to book calls. And then I had three, three of those calls actually turned into closed deals within 60 days. So I was just like blown away by this and how quickly that worked. I never had had any results like that with cold email or um, any other sort of marketing that I had really done. That was something that was repeatable and predictable like this. So um, basically I saw this and had the idea, let's turn this into a productized service and start doing this for other people. And so that's when I put together this, what is now Lead Cookie, where we're basically doing this done for you LinkedIn prospecting for other people's businesses. Um, and to date, we have run 31 campaigns. So that means 31 different clients who we've basically taken these tactics and everything that I'm gonna teach you today um, and actually run this for um, the, on their accounts. And so far, I think we have had two refunds. Um, so two people, I guess you could say, Philip, that it, um, well, one it actually worked for and they just um, didn't like the approach. And the other one that I guess wasn't quite a right fit and that was an early learning, but the other 29 of those we've made into pretty good successes and we've learned where this works and where this doesn't work along the way. So, um, here's what I'm going to share with you guys today um, in the agenda and overall today's presentation. So first, I'm going to share with you guys what it is that we learned, who this works for, who this doesn't, um, some of the things to kind of be conscious of going into this. Second, I'm going to share with you guys the exact process that we use to generate leads. So literally, step by step, exactly what I'm, we do. I'll even give you kind of the framework of the messages of what we say and what we send. Um, and then third, I'm going to talk about how to nurture those leads because um, when you start drumming up these conversations on LinkedIn, 
Uh, it's actually a little different than say an inbound lead or even cold email if you've done that, but just outbound leads in general take a little bit of nurturing, especially on LinkedIn where it's almost like this chat platform. So it's a very different way to get a lead. So um, that's what we're gonna cover today and uh, I'll just go ahead and dive right in. So first I'm gonna talk about what we learned running these 31 different campaigns. And so one of the first biggest things and the reason that Philip was intrigued by this and wanted me to present was that niched agencies and consultancies win. Um, and this is just, this was probably our biggest learning from the start is that when someone has got a very narrow targeted niche with a great benefit oriented statement, uh, it's awesome and they do really well. If you're kind of niche and you've got like three verticals you're chasing and, um, or you've got kind of just, I guess like a weaker value proposition, you can still do okay, but um, definitely not the same results. And then on the generalist side, those were some of the ones that we just, those were the ones that completely failed. When we had people that were generalist and they didn't want to niche down at all, or even niche their LinkedIn profile for the sake of this, those we just did not see good results. Um, and this was just huge learning for us. Um, and it just, again, we see this time and time again, where I can almost predict which companies are going to do better whenever they come to us. So um, I'll give some examples now of this. Um, so first of all, the one of the failures we had, we had this um, design agency out in San Francisco. Um, and this was not just like a small two person shop. This was a 15 person design agency who had done work for a lot of the major universities in San Francisco. They had a lot of um, very large retail brands. Like this is not a, a small nobody account uh, or, or design agency. These guys were very legitimate. Um, so they had a great portfolio, great client list, but because they were generalists, they basically hardly got any engagement at all. Um, we ended up um, taking this account actually, and we didn't, they didn't niche their whole website, um, but we niched the owner's profile and focused around nonprofits. Um, and that actually then started to produce results. And we've actually seen engagement now. It's still not the same engagement as someone who has that messaging go all the way through, but um, even if you're generalist, you can even start by niching just your LinkedIn profile. Um, and that's a way to kind of test a market and also just see how well it works. You won't get the same results as a full-fledged kind of your brand messaging all the way through, but it, it still helps. And in this sake, uh, in this situation, he was still getting a good number of engagements and stayed on board as a longtime customer. Um, an example of a success, uh, which is, this is, Juliet is actually one of Philip's um, past students, um, is Juliet Schmerler of Spark Tank Franchise Marketing. So Juliet, very niche, focused on helping franchisors attract franchisees. So very narrowly focused, um, very niche market, uh, and very kind of great positioning. And she's got a website focused on this and everything. And we had her whole uh, LinkedIn profile focused around this. And again, really quickly, um, she got a ton of results. So in the first two weeks, she was able to book four phone calls and even had a proposal going out from one of those calls within two weeks. Um, she then actually uh, had another eight scheduling at the end of two weeks and another 10 additional qualified leads that she was still nurturing. Um, by the end of this, so these were numbers are just kind of at that two week mark to show you how quickly that worked for her. Um, but at this point, I believe we ended up getting her over 50 leads in the first month. Um, and she's had about 20 of those convert to phone calls. Uh, over, it took probably about two months to get all those to phone calls, but it turned out to be 
um, quite a bit of success there. So again, very narrow niche. Um, her tagline of I help franchisors attract franchisees through digital marketing really just kind of was very specific, very benefit oriented and very narrowly focused, which led to success. So um, again, just another example there of um, a great success story of how, where this can work really well. Um, one of the other things that we did learn is that this is quite a bit of a time investment. So we've um, found that doing this on your own and all the tactics that we're gonna teach you, if you do this by hand yourself, it's gonna take about 90 minutes per day. Um, so that's obviously quite a sizable amount of time. Um, what we have seen some people do, we've come, I've come across quite a few people who are having a virtual assistant do this. Um, there's some software tools that kind of do parts of this. Um, and then our service is kind of built around helping kind of take that time off of people as well. But even if you outsource or um, hire out this, you still need to look at about 20 minutes per day to actually respond to and nurture the leads um, that are coming through from this. But if you do all this on your own, it's about 90 minutes per day. So in some capacity, you probably want to get help because uh, if you're running a dev shop, your time is definitely more valuable than that. So. Um, just another thing to be aware of on the time investment side of things. And the other thing that we learned is to start slowly. Um, there with LinkedIn, uh, they don't really block or there's nothing wrong with the tactics that we're doing. But if you go from not ever using your LinkedIn to ramping up to tons of activity overnight, um, basically what can happen is they'll see that as a suspicious activity and they might flag or restrict your account because they think, you've either been hacked or you started running a bot on your um, account. And so um, basically with this, you need to kind of start slowly doing a little bit, starting with um, about you know 20 connections per day, ramping that up slowly over the course of about two weeks to 100 per day. So uh, we had one account of a client getting restricted, which was terrible. And that was again, another hard learning at the start, um, but you just got to start slowly. And again, even if you mess this up, the worst that happens is uh, LinkedIn restricts your account for a few days until you call them and verify that you're actually a human running your account. So just another warning sign, another thing we learned along the way. So um, those are some of the kind of high level things that we learned about all of this that I'm gonna teach you. But now I'm gonna share the, uh, the cookie cutter lead generation process. So again, this is what we learned from researching, looking at a bunch of the other thought leaders out there um, and found that this is a simple approach. It, it's easy, it makes sense, and it produces results. So there's uh, three ingredients to the cookie cutter approach. The first is simply optimizing your LinkedIn profile. The second is sending outbound connection requests. And the third is using a handful of tools out there to ramp up traffic to your LinkedIn profile. So um, pretty simple, I'm gonna dive through each of these now in more detail. So for the LinkedIn profile optimization, uh, there's a ton of stuff you can do on LinkedIn. You can you know, get recommendations, you can update your profile, get all your keywords, do all your skills. There's like a million things you can do to LinkedIn and they have a little bar telling you how complete your profile is. Um, and all that stuff is great, but really when we look at profile optimization, we look at the 80-20 of it. What are the um, most important things that are relevant to making these tactics work and making your profile convert more. And so again, this is all comes back to Phillips uh, stuff here and everything on positioning. So um, the first thing here is one of the most important things, probably the most important part of your entire profile optimization 
is this tagline right here. So uh, on LinkedIn, you have this tagline that appears under your name and it is super important uh, because this basically appears all over LinkedIn. So um, whenever someone's showing up and suggested people to connect with, or you show up in the who's viewed your profile section, or even when you post in the newsfeed, this shows up underneath your name. So basically all over LinkedIn, this tagline follows you and it just shows up as like the short blurb that is the headline. And so if you've ever, it's the same idea with like a blog or content marketing. If someone doesn't read past the headline, then the rest of the article is useless. So um, this tagline is super, super important um, and really just essential to get something there that's gonna really hook people, um, get them interested and in clicking into your profile. And so Philip, again, this is uh, the whole world that you're an expert in and coming up with these taglines that are gonna hook people. Um, and the more you can get this focused, uh, the better. And so um, my tagline here in the simple formula that I always follow, which uh, is just the I help X do or accomplish Y. And so mine is I help agencies and consultants win their dream clients. And so this is what I've been using to kind of for my consulting business for the past several years and definitely helped kind of um, hook everyone in. The other piece of that um, that's really important is that when you get beyond the tagline is that your profile should not just be about you. So um, in terms of a lot the way the basically the biggest mistake that a lot of people make with their LinkedIn profile is they make it look like a resume or they write right that you know Jake Jorgovan went to school at Belmont University and has a passion for X, Y and Z. And the truth is no one cares about that. Um, and the way to do this is you want to, again, like basically similar to a sales page or the way you would do the um, copy to the homepage of your website, you want to make it that similar approach where you're looking at, say, like the problem and solution. You're talking to a specific customer that you're going after with these campaigns and talking about the problem and the solution that you solve for them. So instead of making it resume style, you really want to think about it more positioning and sales page and marketing style copy, um, which can seem a little weird at times, but it's really what's going to hook people in and show their interest. So you can still kind of frame it in a first person viewpoint at times, um, but still wanting to make it about what you really do for your customers. So those are the two really big high level points on just the 80, 20 of like what to look for when tweaking your profile. All the other, other other stuff, good to have, but not absolutely essential. So once the LinkedIn profile is optimized, the next piece we're going to talk about is lead generation. So with lead generation, there is uh, basically pretty simple process here. We're doing outbound connection requests to your target customers. So what you'll do is you'll need to get LinkedIn Sales Navigator. So this is, uh, there's a free 30-day trial of LinkedIn Sales Navigator, um, but after that it is $79 a month. And what that does is it's gonna give you the ability to do these really advanced search queues. Um, and I've got some videos and a blog post on my website about LinkedIn Sales Navigator that gives more detail on how to do these search queues. Um, but basically you can get really dialed in on the exact position, the exact target, who exactly you wanna go after, you can do keywords, negative keywords, all this kind of stuff. But basically, um, you will kind of learn the basics of LinkedIn Sales Navigator, and then you wanna to put together a search queue of your target customers. And then once you have this search queue pulled up, what you wanna do is basically start sending outbound connection requests to them. 
So what you'll do is you'll send a really kind of short and sweet outbound connection. And so you'll see kind of one that I put together here that's very casual, very simple. So it says, hey Sam, I was browsing your profile, noticed we worked in a similar space, so I thought I'd reach out and connect. So you'll see that I'm not being salesy. It's not overly long or pitching. It doesn't really say anything about me at this point. Um, but what we're trying to do is just start an open, casual dialogue and basically open a conversation. Um, and so again, we keep this script really casual, not salesy. Uh, one of the things we'll put at the bottom of this um, is that you'll also see, uh, we'll put a tagline in there. So I'll put, you know, Jake Jorgovin, I help agencies and consultants win their dream clients. So again, um, this really kind of just simple approach, um, but you can take this or do some variation of this. Um, another way we've kind of tweaked this is um, we've you know, done keywords, say, of someone who's interested in artificial intelligence. And we could say, hey, I was looking at other people interested in AI and thought you looked interesting. So you can also do kind of keywords and try to customize a bit more, or you could say, you know, I was looking at other you know, um, tech leaders in the Minneapolis area. You, know, you can kind of adjust your search queue and build your script to make this a little bit more targeted if you want. But the general idea is that you want to have this not sales pitch. You actually don't want a sales pitch in this because that can actually get you restricted. Uh, but what you want to do is just this kind of casual, just wanted to reach out and connect kind of approach. So that's the first message. And what you can want to start doing is slowly doing about 20 per day. And over the course of about two weeks, scale that up to about 100 outbound per day is where you want to cap off and max that at. Um, if you go too much higher than that, you again risk getting your account flagged. So that's step one of sending those connection requests. Um, so you're going to send about 100 per day, and out of those 100 per day, you'll see typically about 15 to 30 percent accept. Some industries are a little more challenging. We've got a software development agency that is targeting the manufacturing space and construction. They see probably closer to five to eight percent accept. But again, they're still getting good quality leads and um, good results from this. So again, uh, that's 15 to 30% is kind of average on the more tech-focused industries, but that can vary a bit. So when someone accepts this connection request, uh, what that does is it enables you to basically drip them a series of messages over time. And so what you wanna do is then drip basically kind of non-salesy messages and send that to them over the course of about a month and what we're really trying to do here is not pitch them. We're not trying to say, hey, hire our company or here's what we do. What we're doing is really using that tagline and your positioning to kind of pique someone's interest, but we're trying to open up for a conversation. And so the whole psychology behind the approach, and I'm gonna share kind of what that four message sequence look like, looks like in a second, but the whole psychology is that people like to buy, they don't like to be sold. And um, so reaching out to them and basically trying to just open a conversation and not pitching them, what happens is a bunch of people respond. They say, hey, interest, um, interesting, uh, tell me more about what you do. Or, hey, we're actually looking for someone in your space. Um, let's talk more. And so basically having that kind of positioning and just not pitching them lets them come to you and kind of raise their hand. So. Uh, going into a little bit more detail, here's kind of what the four message sequence that we have um, looks like. So the first one, again, you saw the connection request message already. Once someone accepts that message, what we'll then send them is a message saying, 
hey, thanks for connecting. Uh, let me know if you'd ever like to talk more or thanks for connecting. Look forward to staying in touch. Or, you know, say you did a common interest on AI. Hey, thanks for connecting. Let me know if you ever want to geek out about AI or something like that. Um, so again, just kind of very uh, casual approach. Um, nothing, not a hard sell, not a pitch. Um, but again, include your tagline in that, su in that subject. Uh, the next one, the third message, um, would come basically one or two week delay after that thanks for connecting. And you only send this really if they don't respond. Uh, then you might send over a useful article, something that's um, rocked your world or just really thought provoking. So this doesn't even have to be your own content. Say you just read a really interesting article about artificial intelligence or machine learning or you know, whatever is relevant to you and your audience. Try to send over a really good, compelling article that kind of positions you in a good light, but is also valuable and useful. You don't just want to send over, you know, five tips to, you know, type of article. You want something really good, compelling, and thought-provoking. Um, so again, we'll just send over that kind of message saying, hey, thought I saw this article, thought you might like it. Uh, let me know if this resonates with you. So we might do something light like that again to try to start a dialogue, um, but not to, again, be forward in sales pitch. And then only on the fourth message, which we'd send basically one week after the article, we would say something along the lines of, hey, so-and-so, um, you know, I was browsing your profile more, really think it could be worthwhile for us to have a conversation as we may be able to help. Let me know if you'd be open to a quick call to talk more sometime. So basically some sort of sweet and again, not super salesy pitch, but just saying, hey, think we can help you, would love to have a meeting. So that simple four-step approach is kind of the, the messages that we'll basically drip and send out to these people over time. So again, basically the, the thank you for connecting comes right after they accept the connection request. The useful article is basically a one to two week delay. And then the ask for a meeting is basically a one week delay after the article. So that's the kind of a very simple like flow on just these drip messages. And again, it's all built on that psychology that people like to buy, they don't like to be sold. Um, and one other piece is, again, just remember to put your tagline in the signature of each message to just kind of keep reiterating that position and hopefully pique their attention and draw them in. But wait, there's more. Sorry, I have to have some sort of comic relief in here to keep you guys all hooked. So um, that's all the lead generation aspect of it. Um, so that's the big core part of it. But now the other part of it, which is really simple, and say you don't have time to do the lead generation, you can even start with this traffic component on your own um, for very cheap and very inexpensive. So the traffic component of it is super simple. Um, if you guys haven't heard of this, there's a tool called DuckSoup. There's also another one out there called eLink Pro, or I think LinkedIn Helper is a new one that's popping up as well. Uh, but basically, these tools will go and actually um, visit target profiles uh, of your target customers. So here's how these work. You uh, basically open up and you put, put together another search queue in LinkedIn Sales Navigator. And then you install uh, DuckSoup, which is a Google Chrome extension. And what DuckSoup is going to do is it's actually going to go and visit 500 profiles of your target customers per day. So you pull up the search queue, it takes over your browser and it just starts visiting 500 profiles a day based off of the search queue that you put together. Then what happens is basically you start showing up in the who's viewed your profile section of 500 of your target prospects every day. So if you guys have seen these LinkedIn notifications, 
Uh, LinkedIn will put this up as an alert for you. It'll also send you an email for these periodically um, as another way to kind of get you engaged. And when someone clicks on this, it pulls them to this view where they can start to see all the people that actually viewed your profile. And see there you are, your name shows up and you have this tagline here. Again, this is why this is so important to have this tagline that really hooks people in is this is your one chance to really grab someone where they see this and hopefully click into your profile and see more. Um, and so then basically what happens from that is just as a result, you start to get a bunch of inbound connection requests. And so you'll typically see anywhere from five to 30 inbound connection requests per week from just running this five days a week on your account. And so again, you start getting these people coming in that are interested and they're adding you as connection requests. And whenever someone adds you, we'll basically send some sort of message along the lines of, hey, thanks for reaching out to connect your, to connect. I was browsing your website and noticed and you might say something personal or about their profile or their website, but basically you just want to have some sort of basic personal touch here. And then you might ask, you know, can I ask why you added me as a connection on LinkedIn? Or I'm um, just curious to know uh, what, you know, what inspired you to reach out to me? So some sort of variation of this kind of approach. And what this does is it basically kind of puts the spotlight back on them and says like, why were you interested in connecting with me? And what this leads to, again, it doesn't lead to as many leads as the outbound connection, but a lot of times you get really good high quality ones here that almost feel like an inbound lead because they saw your profile. And many of the times they'll say, oh, I just stumbled upon you on LinkedIn and not realize how this actually happened. So uh, again, super powerful, simple little tactic uh, that can also generate more leads on your profile. And again, the result of this is uh, got a fever and the only prescription is more leads. So sticking with the comic relief here. So uh, results here uh, of this, what we typically see if someone runs these tactics full time um, for a full month on their profile, what we'll typically see is they'll book somewhere between four to 20 qualified leads per month. And again, I'll put the disclaimer for well-niched agencies with a validated value proposition. Um, sometimes we see way more conversations come through than that. I think with Juliet, um, we had about 100 conversations total come through. Uh, I'll say that about 50 of those were unqualified. That's one thing I will put as a disclaimer with this tactic is you get a good number of unqualified leads or some crazy people from time to time. Um, but I think, you know, with Juliet, it was roughly around about 100 probably conversations, 50 were um, more qualified leads, and then again, about 20 of those converted to phone calls for her. So um, again, that's, I'll say she was on the high end of results that we see, but most of the, our clients sit somewhere between that four to 20 results, probably a lot of them in that, somewhere between that five to eight calls booked per month from running these tactics. Um, so again, that's um, roughly the results there. Again, there's um, of just what this produces. Uh, but I will say that just running these tactics, just doing this isn't gonna get you everything. Um, the other thing is you need to nurture the leads that come through. Um, and I, this is really important and something that we, we didn't realize at the start um, how important this was going to be to teach our customers how to properly nurture leads on LinkedIn. Uh, even people who think they're really good at sales, we have had some trained sales professionals who we gave our LinkedIn leads to and they were just flopping and falling on their face at times um, because they were approaching it like the response to a cold email or they were just um, kind of handling it like it was an inbound lead. And so if you've never done outbound, this is definitely different. 
and even if you've done cold email or any other type of outbound before, LinkedIn leads are a little different because um, you're basically in a chat window with your customers. It's very different than going back and forth over email. And so the biggest thing we tell people in terms of how to nurture leads is that you really want to start conversations. Like that's the, like the biggest thing we want to explain to people and um, is that you don't want to try to close the deal on LinkedIn and you don't want to let this go dead. So if someone asks you a question, um, we don't, you don't want to just respond and say, someone says, Hey, what do you do? You don't want to say, Oh, Hey, we, um, you know, we build e or craft commerce stores and like that. Don't just, don't do that. Like, don't just leave it at that. You say, Hey, we build craft commerce stores, um, you know, with this kind of specialty. And then you want to research their profile and then like say, Hey, I saw that you do X, Y, and Z ask them a question to kind of provoke that. Like, you know, are you guys looking to redo your store sometime soon? So you want to start conversations and ask questions back. Um, and with that, one of the biggest things you can do is just research your prospects before you respond. So you get a response to, from someone, quickly click, it, click into their LinkedIn profile, look at their background, look at their position, go check out their website really quick, and try to just learn as much as you can and personalize your response based off of what you learn. As you're going through this, try to think through some sort of question you can ask them to kind of provoke a response. Um, but really that personalization and that research that you do is gonna take your results a lot further than if you just kind of pitch an answer back without ever actually looking into your prospects that you're talking to. Um, so here's an example of that. So uh, here's a lead that I got. So hey, Jake, uh, this guy said, hey, Jake went and trolled through your site. I'm generally interested in the process and what it all looks like at the end of the day. So I responded and I said, hey, Jared, that's great to hear. I'm equally intrigued by Super Top Secret, which is the name of their agency. And then I saw that they did some design work for Far Cry, which is a super cool video game. So goofed around how I played the hell out of that game when I was younger and then put out my calendar widget. And this guy booked right off of that again. So again, um, had that personal approach, personal response. Um, it showed that I actually spent the time to go research and um, you know have actual interest and in that I you know, wasn't just, you know, can spamming him and whatnot. Um, some people will respond and, you know, they may even know that this is kind of mass outreach, but if you take it personal here, you can still kind of redeem that and get that call to the next level. Uh, the next thing, which again, I already mentioned here, but just need to reiterate this, is you want to ask questions to both qualify the lead and position yourself. Um, so say you've got someone and you're, you know, it's someone who's got a store, uh, an e-commerce store, and you guys do craft commerce. Um, you might want to say, hey, are you guys, so notice you guys are on Shopify. Are you looking to um, move to another platform or upgrade at any point? Or you might say, hey, um, you know, do you guys, you know, handle your development in-house or do you send that out? Um, try to think of just what questions you could ask this person that's going to help qualify that they're actually a good prospect and worthwhile to talk for the, to talk to but it's also going to kind of position the conversation around your business and your value proposition and what you could do to help so again questions are just super powerful to keep the conversation going too um, so here's an example of another um, person who said the guy said cool let me know more about what you do and he gave me a smiley face I said, sure thing, Paul, I focus on helping agencies and consulting companies win more clients through a mixture of consulting and outreach services. Your client list for Brandtastic looks quite impressive. I'm curious, how do you get most of your clients? So for me, doing kind of sales consulting and lead generation, 
that question of how do you get most of your clients is a really good one for me because it kind of helps me qualify if they need help or not. And also just kind of positions the conversation around what it is that I do and my value proposition. So trying to think through, you know, what are those questions that you ask on maybe a discovery call with a customer? Um, using those as a baseline to start at, with your questions and everything here on LinkedIn. Um, and then the next thing here is that you want to move the conversation to email or phone. And so you don't want to try to have the deal on LinkedIn. You don't want to be going back and forth scheduling um, a meeting on LinkedIn because people don't always check it as much as email. Um, so what you want to do is really use a booking widget like Calendly, as I showed you earlier. If you can, use a booking widget to try to get a call secured or get their email or phone number so you can just simply move the conversation there um, and get it off of LinkedIn. Um, and I say that, but sometimes actually people are more responsive on LinkedIn than email. The interesting thing that you'll find as a lot of these LinkedIn conversations is even if you saw with Paul's here, uh, it's kind of not the best capitalization. It looks like he probably typed that on his cell phone. So LinkedIn sometimes even pings people that have notifications and these really hard to reach people. Um, you're reaching them in a different way while their inbox is overloaded. You're basically reaching them on a channel that's hit, not approached or messaged on as often. So again, but eventually try to move that conversation to email or phone or get that meeting is really the next logical step. So that is really kind of the, the overview, the, the done for you process here, um, kind of shared everything from beginning to end there. So um, Philip, I'll turn this back over to you and let you kind of start doing questions or anything there, but happy to answer any questions or dive deeper on any parts. Fantastic. I can't, sort of can't believe it's that simple <laughs> part of me. It's, it's not hard, it's just monotonous, so. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, I've got some questions. Folks have chimed in with some questions here and I'd like to encourage people to continue dropping questions in the chat as long as uh, we've got Jake, which is for uh, until 30 minutes past, past the hour here. So Wayne asked a question that is kind of similar to something I was thinking in the back of my head. <clears throat> um, I phrased it as, could this work for research? And Wayne's phrasing is a little better. Have you seen your clients evaluate market niches for viability using this basic approach? Um, and I'll just give a tiny bit of context maybe for folks mm -hmm. who are like, what is that? Um, I mean, the place where I do a lot of work with people is that transition from I'm a generalist to I'd like to specialize, I don't know how. You know, I've worked with 10 different types of clients doing 10 different things. Which one of those is my best opportunity for specializing? So the kind of research that we do involves uh, cultivating conversations with people who could give you valuable feedback to help you make that decision, which in a lot of ways is very similar to selling, right? <laughs> it's like, well, you want to cultivate conversations with people who need your services so it seems like this maybe could work for that. That's really the question though. Do you think it would, or has any, anyone that you know of have tried this for market research instead of sales? What do you think? Yeah, so um, I definitely do think it's uh, a viable way to, to test that out. Um, so even one of the customers um, actually had a call with this afternoon. So uh, whenever we onboard someone, we do a two week check-in call to see how are things going and is this working? And 
So he had gotten lower engagement than usual. And um, this customer was actually, uh, was actually a development shop. Mm-hmm. And um, they were basically launching a new brand mm-hmm. uh, and kind of where they were focusing on craft commerce, which I guess is why I keep using that reference because it was fresh in my head. So sure. well, it's, <laughs> um, it's a good example of a, of a specialization also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, that was one of the things that we were you know, like for him. I was like, when we went into this, I told him, I was like, Hey, like there's a chance we might see some flop with this because like, you've got an unvalidated offer here. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that like you guys are specialists, your partners or whatever, but like we haven't validated that the market really wants this or that these mm-hmm. positioning taglines or anything work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we went out there for the first two weeks and we got significantly lower engagement than we expected. So, um, you know, that basically the tagline that we initially came up with and that positioning on that initial copy, we're like, okay, maybe that didn't work. Maybe targeting these e-commerce directors wasn't the right approach. Like it wasn't the right focus. So now and like, but we're able to learn that really quickly, um, which is nice. Um, so now basically next week we're basically switching and we're saying, okay, what if we try targeting luxury brands and taking that approach as opposed to targeting like e-commerce directors and so it's, it's something that you get very quick feedback on. Um, that's one of the things I like. We have this 30-day money-back guarantee with our service. And I only feel safe putting that in there because I'm like, you're going to know within th- like two to three weeks if this is working for you. So it's very quick feedback. I would say within even two to three weeks of running this, you've got, um, you should have, if you're getting good engagement, you should have over five warm conversations a week. If you're getting less than that, then you're probably don't have the best positioning. But yeah, I'd say like it, it can work really well for research. That seems so promising because I know from, you know, kind of working side by side or advising a number of people on doing the same kind of thing, but with cold email, mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's more like, I mean, I would normally say two to three weeks, but honestly, I think it's more like a month minimum to start getting any kind of information and sometimes the only information you've gotten is, can I get people in this target market to even uh, respond to a cold email? That's <laughs> not a sales email. It's just for research purposes. Mm-hmm. But that's more like a month. So you're saying in a week or two, you might have meaningful data, at least about whether there's a response to, you, to the value proposition you're putting in front of people. Yeah, and I, and I think it's like, again, I, f- I think it is – the way, the way that the context happens, because again, you're not making like a straight sales pitch. You're basically just putting yourself in front of people. Like I look at this type of marketing is you're basically just kind of showing up in front of a lot of people, not with a sales pitch, but just saying like, Hey, here we are. <laughs> and like, and so it's, I think it's a very good validation because it's telling you how much did that tagline actually hook them in. It wasn't like your full pitch, but like those like key tagline words that you have, um, like how much did that actually interest someone in responding to you? So now here's a objection that I know is going to show, show up immediately. <laughs> and, and I understand this. Like I, I could imagine myself doing this. And when I change stuff in my LinkedIn profile, LinkedIn announces that to people in my network. So doesn't that make me look like I'm flip-flopping around or I don't really know what I'm doing. If, if they see like a variety of this sort of, camp train of taglines come across their dashboard over the course of several months. Uh, so you can turn that off in the option setting or Is even they recommend. 
Yeah, I would probably recommend that, especially okay. if you're experimenting with niches or something. Okay. I only leave that on, like I left that on when I recently launched Lead Cookie because I'm like, uh -huh. oh yeah, I want more attention to this. But yeah. um, in, in the case that you're like testing something, I probably would turn those notifications off. I think they've got it literally when you go in and make the updates now, they have it even on the page where you do the updates at the bottom, whether you want to publish that out to your network or not. So, so as long as that toggle is switched off, mm -hmm there's no like other place I need to go to turn that off or can I turn that off globally on my account? Yeah, you can turn that off globally as well mm -hmm. somewhere in the settings. Mm -hmm. um, but you can also turn it off just um, on the page as well. So, Awesome. Okay. Are there other caveats you can think of where things to keep in mind if you're using this tool for research or validation of, of an idea? Um. I think the one of the, just the hardest things for some people to wrap their head around is like they're basically um, you're basically putting your personal brand around whatever you're doing. Mm -hmm. So for some people that have multiple businesses, that can be tricky. Okay. Um, so that's kind of sometimes a concern for people. Um, so that that is another thing I guess to be concerned. But I can't think of too many other caveats. Okay. Awesome. Um, John asks. In the message where you're reaching out and connecting, you're not really asking them to do anything. Does that work? Seems like it would be hard for them to respond to a message that has no call to action. Yeah, so that's the kind of what it seems like. Um, mm -hmm. But even like some of those ones that I showed you earlier, mm -hmm. um, that's the kind of responses you get from those first two messages. Like those first two messages drive about 80% of the results. Yeah. Um, and then the, the, four, the, the, the article drives probably very little, but the, it kind of builds trust for the meeting ask and the fourth one, which probably drives another 20%. Oh, that's interesting. I, sorry to interrupt. That that curve of like getting the most out of the first two is like the opposite of cold email where it's like mm -hmm. people will almost never respond to the first one or two cold emails. And then as you follow up, the response rate goes up. Yeah, it's it's really odd, um, but it's it just it works and like, you'll just have a lot of people that just, they get the thing and like the, so LinkedIn, um, the way it works is it opens a new message thread now. Um, whenever someone, whenever you accept a connection request, it opens a message thread. And that's the purpose of that second one that, hey, thanks for connecting. And really like, it's just like opening up a thread for a conversation and you'll just have people kind of hop in there, respond, say something, or just be like, oh, hey, interested, let me know more about what you do or if there's a way we can collaborate or, it's really weird, there's no call to action and that's why again, um, unqualified leads come through you've got some weird people that will come on there um, that will just start like responding and you know talking about random stuff but mm. um, you also get a lot of people that will be interested in the tagline and again it's it seems weird because it's not like a cold email there's no call to action but it's kind of um, almost them raising their hand and coming to you yeah let's dive into one specific thing there <laughs> Larry M just popped in with a question I said tools like duck duck Sue. Uh, expose you to too many crazy people. Uh, how do you deal with the crazies? You know, the people who are like, I don't know, what are they like? They have some kind of multi-level marketing thing and you were unlucky enough to connect with them and now they're going to start pushing that on you or do you block them or what do you do next? Yeah. So first off, um, just getting very um, tight on your search cues definitely okay. helps um, to okay. just, uh, one of the biggest things is if you're targeting these, these tactics are hard if you're targeting companies that are under 10 employees okay. because the filter of one to 10 can put anything in there from a solo person to a, uh -huh. you know, a 10 person company. So it, this, these work better when you're targeting 
companies 11 and to higher okay. because then you're looking at the 11 to 50 and that's like a general um, like uh, weed out the craziness when you have actually a 10 person company. So, um, okay. so that's one thing that helps weed out the crazies. Um, yeah. The other thing I'll say is that, yeah, they, they do come through or you have people that will pitch you and try to add you back. Most of the time I just ignore it and just kind of drop it off and just stop responding. Mm-hmm. Um, if someone keeps pinging me, then I might remove them. Um, but for the most part, I, I just don't worry about it too much. And just, it's kind of an acceptable part of this. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just remember one of the reasons why cold email is slower mm-hmm. just generally is that you have to build the list in this case the list building doesn't require this extra step of like, let's go find out what this person's email address is. And maybe the way I found that out is not accurate and it's going to bounce. And this allows you to directly connect people right there within the same database that you're finding people's names. Yep, exactly. It's just like the, if you haven't used the sales navigator search queue, it's, it's super powerful just kind of what you can do and um, how narrow you can get with that. I can, even dive through some of that if we want to on this, but um, it's sales navigator is super powerful. So I think that relates to the next question, mm-hmm. which is from Hal, uh, who asked, what CRM tool do you use to keep track of your outreach efforts? And I think maybe there's a couple related questions there that would be good to dive into. One is actually, I think just do exactly what you said you would do, which is give, give us a few tips on using LinkedIn sales navigator, but also, after you've connected to people, how do you keep track of all the moving parts of these different conversations that may happen or follow yeah. up or what have you? Yeah, so I'll share um, our flow and what this looks like. Okay. Um, let me just give, um, yeah, I'll pull up an example here real quick. So we use Airtable. Um, and so I'll share my screen here real quick. Thanks. And so we use Airtable for this and we did have to, I'll I'll say we had to build a custom little software widget to um, basically be able to pull information off of LinkedIn. Uh, We used to use hunter.io and then Hunter um, shut down on their LinkedIn integration. And Mm -hmm. I think Git Prospect might be able to be a solution, but we ended up building our own. Um, But basically what we'll do is, um, this is we recently started up my own campaign again recently. Mm -hmm. Um, What we'll do is we have this kind of qualifying status here Mm-hmm. Um, so I have their name, LinkedIn, I have some kind of details here. We'll have a qualifying status, which this is where I'm not sure if they're qualified or unqualified yet, if they're actually mm-hmm. a good lead. Mm-hmm. Um, qualified, which means that um, I know that they're a good lead, but we haven't gotten to the phone call status yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe we're still messaging back and forth. Uh, scheduling, which is down here, um, where basically we're in the process. We've got the booking widget sent. We're trying to actually get the call and meeting on the books. And then call held here as these are actual calls held and everything. So um, mine doesn't okay. have as many as usual because we just started this back up for me last week, but that's okay. kind of the general. And then we have unqualified down here as well. So this is anyone who comes through, like I said, so there's 22 unqualifieds out of all those. So it's probably like 40%. Okay. So like I said, a lot of, a lot of junk comes through, but we just sure. ignore those as well. So. Okay. So you're not trying to block the crazies or anything like that. You're just kind of passively ignoring them or. Yeah, we just kind of move them out of here and just focus on okay. the good ones. Like it, it, it's a lot of volume that comes through. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, um, it definitely helps to have some sort of system to kind of keep track of all this. Yeah, that's part of emotionally why I think a lot of people cringe when they hear LinkedIn is uh, 
it's the feeling of like, oh, it's just this noisy, uh, you know, like Facebook on cocaine in a suit or something kind of <laughs> feel to it. And that, that, that can be very off-putting because it just feels so noisy. So it sounds like the custom part that you had, that you developed or had written for you uh, is like connecting to LinkedIn and bringing stuff into Airtable for you. Is that the custom code part of that? Yeah, I'll share my screen okay. again. I'll just even show that. Um, okay. So if you guys are developers out there, you could probably build this yeah. yourself. The guy yeah, built a lot, it a lot like of people day. are like salivating <laughs> right now. <laughs> saying, Tell me enough to so I can get started building this. <laughs> yeah, so what we ended up doing, um, we built this little extension here, okay. um, which we call our lead clipper. Okay. And uh, so basically I can go on any of these people and say I add this queue or I go through, I can just add them. And then that's going to drop it over to Airtable for us. And all we do is really pull their first name, last name, and their LinkedIn URL. So, Okay, so um, it's doing a little scraping just from your live LinkedIn account, sticking that in Airtable. Yep. Um, so let's see. I'm trying to think how we – so you're using Sales Navigator to identify prospects. You're, reaching, you're doing a connection request, right? Mm -hmm. And then if they respond, is that when you, like, scrape them out of LinkedIn and stick them in Airtable or – uh, so, oh yeah. So actually I showed, I showed you guys the engaged status. Sorry, you guys saw my death clock. Um, <laughs> I showed you the engaged status. Let me show you um, the connections. So I forgot, I forget about this. So that what I just showed you was like, that's how we organize responses. Um, this is how we organize um, actual um, leads, which yeah, let me actually show someone a different one. Okay. Um, uh, gosh, what am I doing here? Uh, I'm just going to stick with mine and we'll ignore a few pieces. Um, so we will ignore these top few up here because mine's kind of legacy a bit. Um, but basically we will use Airtable to create um, four different statuses. Mm -hmm. So we'll, we'll initially, Air, Airtable will drop people into this connection sent status. Okay. So... This is how we know that the connection has been sent. It marks what date the connection was actually sent to them on, um, all that kind of stuff. So this is where they initially drop into. Okay, and is that like a, can you filter in LinkedIn to get the same list of people in LinkedIn? Is that how you're yeah, populating so, that Airtable? Yeah, so what we would do is, um, so here's like a sales navigator queue. Say this okay. was like my target queue. Okay. I would go through and I would connect um, I would send the message here. I'd send the invitation. Okay. Uh, we go through and we do that with all 25 of these people. Okay. Then I would use my uh, lead clipper tool here and I would add all 25 of those people into Airtable as well. Got it. Okay. Into the connection sent status. Okay. So you're sort of manually orchestrating a bit here. Mm -hmm. Okay. Got it. Yeah. There's, got it, got again, it. there's some software tools that are kind of doing parts of this um, mm -hmm. that you can use. Mm -hmm. um, they tend to be glitchy or break a bit, but okay. they, they can, there are some tools out there that are starting to do parts of this. So, okay, great. Okay. So give us maybe the five minute, what we need to know about sales navigator tour real quick for those who haven't used LinkedIn sales navigator and that yeah. after you're the trial period, that's going to cost what 90 bucks a month to keep raising the price. I think uh, it's $79 a month. Okay. So. 79 a month. Mm -hmm. Got it. Yeah, so um, Sales Navigator, super powerful. The Probably the biggest trick that most people don't know about is you can do Boolean search queues just like programming. 
So for instance, uh, this search queue that I pulled up here is for people who are um, in design thinking at larger companies. And then we wanted to make sure we didn't get other agencies or studios in there. Mm -hmm. So basically we have design thinking as a keyword mm -hmm. and then we have not for agency or studio so that we don't get other agencies or competitors. Okay. Um, we're targeting California, New York, and Chicago. Um, and then we have basically targeting the company headcount of basically anywhere between 500 to 10,000 plus. So okay. no one's smaller than a 500 person company. Okay. Um, and then again, we can do the Boolean search queue here um, where we can say head or director or VP or SVP. Mm -hmm. And then we say and design or product design or design thinking. Um, or UX or user experience or digital or design strategy. So basically you can see like how we're able to add their authoritative title with all the okay. keywords that could be um, linked okay. directly to their title. Okay. Um, and those are, and that again, basically gets us down here to our search queue. So you're able to use these kind of Booleans and all these different things to really get targeted and specific on exactly who you want to go after. Okay. Um, we could do a not down here too, if say we didn't want um, someone at a university, we could say like not university or professor or stuff like okay. that. Okay. Okay. So you, let's say you get back, uh, I don't know, 10,000 results on this. Mm -hmm. How do you organize working through those? Yeah. So um, if you get 10,000, what I would typically try to do is you, I try to start by prioritizing and thinking like, how can you narrow this down and get even more specific? Okay. Um, one of the other just weird things about Sales Navigator is um, you can it'll only actually show a thousand results at a time. I see. So okay. If you um, if you have this say four thousand here, mm -hmm. uh, it'll it'll max out at page forty and say tighten up your search results. Got so it. okay. Um, you actually have to kind of break that down, which you can do by you know only targeting one size of company or okay. um, ge geographically, but. Okay. You know, I would say, um, yeah, think of like who your biggest priorities are. Maybe you can like eliminate some of those titles first, mm -hmm. just into like the best decision makers and the best like locations. Mm -hmm. um, and that's how I would kind of narrow or prioritize first. Okay. Definitely one of the most embarrassing things that happens to me with outreach is like duplicating my outreach to the same person, but mm -hmm. you know, maybe it's a different email address or something like that. Does that, does that happen? Like if you're connected to somebody, will LinkedIn exclude them from your sales navigator search results? Uh, it won't exclude them, but you'll go okay. to connect and you'll try to send it and it'll okay. give you a red error message saying you already have a pending connection to them. Or, and once okay. they are connected, then basically it won't show up in the list anymore because you can, we also add the second and third connections here. So this way it basically doesn't add any first connections, which you can't connect with anyway. So got it. Okay. Okay. So that's unlikely to happen. Um, if, unless you're <laughs> have a wrote a crappy script that runs wild or something. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, awesome. let's talk about content of the outreach. Um, Scott Wiseman asks, so would you recommend against the tagline of something like CEO of XYZ agency? Oh, wait, I said I wouldn't, but I misread the question. I, I would recommend against that. What do you think? Like, ha, what, what makes for a good tagline? Maybe it's a good way to phrase that. Yeah, so definitely something that is um, like benefit oriented. So, okay. um, you know, 
uh, let me try to even go to my own real quick. Uh, I've even changed it now recently since the presentation. So for lead cookie, so instead of like, I, instead of saying CEO of lead cookie, mm-hmm. um, you know, I say, I help B2B sales teams generate leads on LinkedIn okay. through done for you prospecting. Okay. So, so problem you solve, market mm-hmm. you target, you know, benefit you create, result you create, those would all be good options. Yeah. So okay. honestly, it's very much, you know, like the same positioning taglines that you work really hard to come yeah. up with, Philip. Like that's, yeah, yeah. That's what you want to put there and not that like CEO or just main title kind of taglines. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Wayne asks, I think you might be in the position to know this. Do you happen to have a breakdown of lead sources by revenue effort and popularity for your clientele? So for example, maybe LinkedIn is 40% of revenue, 30% of sales effort, trade shows are 20% of revenue and 50% of sales effort. How does this change as companies scale up? So is there, is there some sort of uh, like a way that you can kind of compare this in terms of desirability as a, as a, you know, effort versus result? Yeah, I'd say if um, you're able to um, not manage this yourself, I'd again, I'd say you're looking at about that 20 minutes of Mm -hmm. effort per day, nurturing, Mm -hmm. responding to people, having conversations. Yeah. Um, and again, in terms of the results, I, again, I'd say it's pretty quick and I've been very impressed by them. Mm-hmm. Um, again, if the positioning and everything works, um, I'm not sure how well this would work for like a tech positioning or stuff like that. Um, but I know at least with like vertical positionings, it's been yeah. working very well. Yeah. Well, that's um, the one I recommend for 80% of people yeah. <laughs> as a whole is a vertical market position is so good to hear, good to hear that. Yeah, it's um again I, I don't know how to okay. percentages on that, but I would say yeah, you're looking at like a twenty minute per day investment if you okay. actually take this off your plate, otherwise it's quite a bit. So well, that's a pretty good way to think about it though. Mm-hmm. Um let's see. I had a related question. Um Are there types of service offer? Does it matter what the service offering is? Like, do you need to be able to say, okay, a client is worth X dollars to me for this to be worth it? Yeah, what I typically try to look for, and, and so, well, I would say if you did this with a VA on your own, you can mm-hmm. probably make this worth it with like about a $7,500 probably okay. uh, customer value. Uh-huh. Um, just because, again, it still is a good amount of time and you'd still probably end up paying that VA uh, yeah. decent amount to run all this. Yeah. Um, for us, we typically to say that, it, you know, you need to have at least a $10,000 customer lifetime value okay. Okay. Um, to make this worthwhile um, for a good ROI for us. Um, okay. So that's kind of what I typically look at. But again, the, the bigger the sale, the easier this is to make sense. We've got, because um, some niches are a little harder. We've got a guy that's targeting construction and manufacturing, like I mentioned. Mm-hmm. He gets really low engagement compared to others, but he still mm-hmm. is booking about four really good phone calls each month. Mm. Um, and again, one of those deals is worth well over a hundred thousand to him. So he's pretty happy. So um, yeah. it's again, bigger the LTV, the easier it is to make sense. Okay. But that's nice to have a, a, like a dollar client lifetime value floor for this to help people kind of understand where it fits in. Um, let's talk about the sales calls. Oh, by the way, uh, here's what I wanted to say. You said you've been impressed by this. I just wanted to make sure folks who are listening to this now and to the recording later understand that there's not much you have not tried when it comes to outbound sales. You've done crazy things like, I think you sent on behalf of one of your clients, you sent somebody a cake one time. We've sent 
a lot of cakes. <laughs> a lot of cakes. Not just a cake. One. We've sent probably <laughs> 70 or 80 cakes. Um, so we've done cakes. We've done Donald Trump pinatas. Um, uh-huh. I've done tons of cold email. Uh-huh. Um, done. I haven't done much cold calling because that's just not my world and not as relevant these days. Yeah. But I've um, tried a lot of different stuff and was pretty impressed by this whenever it kicked up so yeah everything from cold email to basically a singing telegram you've tried <laughs> i had that as an idea but no one bought on it okay so. <laughs> <laughs> so just for the folks at home i want to contextualize that you tried a lot of stuff and and it's not like you just tried one or two other things um and, and for this to be impressive i think is a good sign how about using this to uh try to find um email list subscribers not to make, not to start a sales conversation, but to just find subscribers or maybe do something like uh, acquire an audience. Yeah. So it's something that, um, so I see, I don't, for our tactics, the way that we're approaching it, I don't necessarily do that just because that's less the value proposition I'm offering. But um, so one of the guys I learned a lot of these tactics from, I mentioned at the start is John Nemo. Uh-huh. Um, he's like a LinkedIn coach and trainer okay. and stuff. And so uh-huh. he doesn't do the done for you stuff, but I learned a lot of his stuff and turned yeah. it into a service. Okay. Um, but he does a ton with this in terms of reaching out to people, getting people on webinars and, mm-hmm. you know, getting email signups and everything that way. So, okay. um, I know that people do it. Um, I don't necessarily know all of the best practices there. It's probably mm-hmm. better to look at his stuff for yeah. how to actually build an email list and stuff for that. Okay. Okay. Um, Joran asks, do you know which keywords to go after in sales navigator? And let's kind of broaden that a bit and say, how do you think about who would be your ideal client or identifying prospective clients such that you can effectively search for them? Yeah. Um, I mean, ideally you want to have a pretty good idea of who your customer is before you kick this off. Um, the more you've got that kind of validated or figured out already definitely helps. Um, but again, like you, the cool thing is once you learn sales navigator, you start playing around with it. You can kind of um, just, you can just kind of figure it out there on the fly. Like even earlier today, we were redoing um, a search queue for this, um, the craft commerce guy, we're going after luxury brands and we put together some keywords and then you start to look through results and you're like, wait, why is this person in here? This doesn't make sense. And that's where you start to put, negative keywords or adjust them a bit. So it's kind of like trial and error until you look through a few pages and you say, okay, these are the right people. So it's okay. um, in terms of knowing who your customer is, that's, that's a whole nother world. That's, uh, that's your world, Philip. But um, sure, that's, sure. that's at least in terms of sales navigators, just trial and error and clicking through profiles and looking at people and adjusting the search queue until you feel that, you know, at least 96%, 97% of the people showing up are your ideal customers. Got it. Okay. So it's a bit of an iterative process. Probably don't <laughs> just roll with your first set of search results. Um, really immerse yourself, maybe go through what, five pages of search results just to be, to really get a gut feel for it. Right. Yeah. I tip, I always tell people like whenever you do your queue, like look through the first page, mm-hmm. but then click to page 10. Okay. Because LinkedIn kind of prioritizes the best, most relevant results first. Okay. So then look to page 10 and be like, am I still getting good relevant results? And uh, if you're not, then that's where you need to kind of tighten it up still. So um, yeah, just one thing to be aware of, because we, we definitely had a few of those where people are like, this is great. And then like, as we get to the back end of the search queue, they're like, who the hell are these people? So <laughs> um, that, that happens. So yeah. Okay. That makes total sense. 
All right, uh, folks, feel free to drop more questions in. I, I'm gonna switch over to my questions now. You mentioned tactics that are dated. I uh, hope that you would call some out, uh, not by the name of the person who <laughs> promotes them, but are there, as people are maybe, uh, hopefully actually getting turned onto the value of LinkedIn for the first time, uh, there's the stuff they should watch out for, not malicious advice, but just advice that's not gonna work because the world's moved on. Uh, basically, LinkedIn groups is the okay. biggest one that is okay. all the articles that rank well in SEO are all about LinkedIn groups. Uh -huh. um, and LinkedIn groups are very much a, a dying thing. Okay. Uh, I've even like have a few people in my network who are very close with LinkedIn or involved in the advisory and they're just, they might rebuild them or anything, but at least how they are in their current state is not, um, they're not as engaging as Facebook groups. They're just kind okay. of. Um, I don't know. They're, they're, yeah, that's, that's at least what I'm, I've seen on my side and from talking to a few other thought leaders okay. in this space. So that's the biggest one that most of the articles are out there on. So great. I think if folks are not thinking about how Facebook has kind of raised the financial bar for reach, like you don't have to buy it more than earn it. Do you, do you see anything similar maybe happening with LinkedIn in the future or? You know what I'm talking about where like mm -hmm. now you can post something on Facebook. It's like, hey, pay $20 and <laughs> more people, still not your whole network, will see this content. Do you see things going the same way with LinkedIn or what do you think? Um, that I'm not sure. There's, um, I haven't dabbled as much with the advertising platform just because I'm not like a pay-per-click kind of guy. Yeah. Um, I know I, did, I interviewed uh, AJ Wilcox who's specialized on LinkedIn advertising mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's crazy. It's like eight to $10 a click for LinkedIn ads. So um, I don't know if they're going to go down that route or how much like right now their organic content is still great. Whenever I okay. post stuff on LinkedIn, I get yeah. more engagement than I do on Facebook by yeah. far. Yeah. Um, but I'm not quite sure what they'll do with their algorithms or what that'll look like, but I, I wouldn't, doubt it um, okay. as they're definitely sponsored posts are becoming more of a thing on LinkedIn and you're seeing that a lot more relevant. So. Okay. Cool. Um, did you really go to Belmont university? I did. Yes. Okay. I lived in Nashville, Tennessee for seven years. How did we never know this? So. I don't know. That's, that's the value of going deep in relationships. That's true. Um, okay. Can you cover some, maybe a few just more specific variations on an intro script? So. I could see some people, I'm really, really, I think I really do know my audience and they're like, oh, that's cheesy. Like no one's going to buy that, that I was looking on LinkedIn and saw that, you know, we have something in common. Like that just doesn't sound like my voice. I would never write that. Are there other variations that you could suggest people think about trying? Yeah, we, um, again, it's, it all kind of depends on the market who you're going after. Mm -hmm. Um, this design thinking one, uh, the guy we ran this for, he was like kind of just goofy and put like a smiley face uh -huh. in his thing. And we're just like, Oh, you know, browsing other people with interesting career trajectories or something like that. So, <laughs> right. um, like he definitely put it in his own voice. Yeah. It was kind of just like, Hey, wanted to like follow your journey. Yeah. Um, and like put a smiley face at the end and like, he got tons of engagement with that. So, okay being personable, stuff like that, kind of putting yeah. it in your own voice definitely goes a long yeah. way. The uh -huh. challenge is to make it not look spammy, uh, to, but also to keep it safe enough because you're going to have, unless you do like a search queue of a hundred, you're going to probably have some weird outliers in there. So if okay. you try to like 
make it too specific, um, you'll kind of probably look like an idiot a couple times. Okay. Um, unless you really hand vet each one that you go through. So um, just because like LinkedIn is a self-selecting network. So um, it basically like people can kind of put whatever they want in there. We had one connection came through that looked amazing the other day. And then we looked at the girl's profile and she's a student, but she just made herself look super legit. So oh. <laughs> you know, like, you know, so like those things <laughs> nice. kind of like sneak through at times. So <laughs> working on that internship or <laughs> maybe <laughs> um, Hal made a comment, just jumping back to posting content on LinkedIn. He said he's found text-based updates to outperform links or videos by an order of magnitude based on one experiment. So yeah, that's nice one of the other things. Uh, yeah. That, like that stuff goes really well. And then um, just in general with this whole approach, like you're basically building out a huge network that you can promote your content to. So um, in addition to that, you're basically growing your audience and everything there. So that's another nice added benefit to doing all this too. Okay. Um, you mentioned the tools that other than the one you've made, which I'm sure is perfect. The tools that automate this stuff are a little flaky. Um, I was going to ask if there are tools to automate like the connection requests or what have you, but it really sounds like that benefits from a human, a making sure you're not doing something dumb or embarrassing and b just that sort of quick gut check as to whether this is somebody actually worth connecting with. Yeah, it definitely helps to have someone in there kind of running that. Um, again, there are tools out there. Um, I know we've had a few of our clients that were using the tools and they said it just like, it gets kind of overwhelming. We, we dabbled with them as well, but it's just mm -hmm. like, it's hard, it's hard to keep organized. Um, like the tools out there, you can even look at them or like LinMail Pro and LinkedIn Helper, I think are the mm -hmm. main two ones. Okay. Um, and DuckSoup even does some of it, but it's just very hard to keep organized and then if linkedin does a user interface change then it kind of basically can throw your entire process for a loop so and uh, which they change quite often so yeah yeah i bet okay so sorry developers who want to automate this into <laughs> magical unicorns and rainbows you're just gonna have to do it manually it sounds like <laughs> um i i had written down the question that has already been asked whether there's some kind of like CRM you can integrate with this with, but I think we've just covered that already. One thing that struck me is I've seen this in LinkedIn. I don't, I'm not a huge active LinkedIn user. Maybe that'll change after this, but I noticed that when someone connects with me, I click the accept connection request. It tries to sort of shunt me into a conversation with that person by opening the chat window. And, you know, with face, Facebook and other chat bots on the rise, it really does seem like, and I'm, I'm asking a question, even though it sounds like I'm making a statement. It seems like if, if people can get better at creating conversations with strangers in that sort of chat, sort of bite-sized message interface, that that could be a beneficial business development tool. Do you agree? Or what, what do you see going on there? I definitely, yeah, again, I think that's like the being able to, yeah, start those conversations like actually personalize and research the stuff and have a meaningful conversation there goes a super long way. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's, again, it's like, it's totally different to just be in a chat with a customer is it just, it's a very different thing than being going back and forth over a cold email where you might, you know, send a response and you're trying to like send responses back really quick before they get distracted or something. But it's just, I don't know, it's a, it's a different kind of engagement. And I've literally had somewhere 
you're just sitting there and you can even see when the other person's typing and you just go back and forth right there. Like it's, mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's been a super interesting, um, kind of different way of engaging. And I think that we're going to see more and more of that rise through variety of channels. I've got drift set up on our website now. And, um, again, it's just like this whole chat is whenever you actually engage with a customer that way, that quickly, it's just a completely different experience. Yeah. Yep. One of my words to live by is, uh, conversations first, automation later. And this definitely forces you to focus on the conversation part of that. Mm -hmm. um, it looks like Jorn's offering to help you fix that uh, LinkedIn Airtable integration. Thanks, Jorn. <laughs> <laughs> Got a few more questions here. So uh, Justin asks, what about, I, I'm going to summarize by saying like deeper forms of, of interaction. He says, what about commenting and interacting with the leads, LinkedIn activity, their posts, comments, et cetera. Um, does that help or does that matter? Is that something that kind of takes the lead nurture to the next level? Yeah, so this whole entire approach is kind of, it's more, it is a mass approach that I showed today, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. say you wanted to go tighter and you had um, 100 target customers or 200 target customers, you could definitely, um, there's actually cool stuff you can do within Sales Navigator where um, you can save leads mm -hmm. and then basically get all of their updates and like a, a, like a, a news feed of specifically your oh. yeah okay, it's, so it's sort of a filtered news feed that's just people you've identified as leads yep oh interesting. and then you can okay. go through and comment on stuff there you can like their posts and then try mm -hmm. to keep messaging them mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean like this like this all i kind of showed is like a mass approach but mm -hmm. all this stuff can still work and like the more personable you are probably the better results you're going to see mm -hmm. um i just kind of got obsessed with this one because it was one that i could actually kind of make passive yeah but um yeah doing this more hands-on and more personable is definitely a very viable way to go with it too okay okay good to know so that that adds some value to that 79 dollars a month or whatever the sales navigator costs um i got another question which is the last question i've got on my list uh although folks can feel free to ask more we've got a few more minutes of jake's time here let's talk about qualification it feels like on the one end, you could be so just narrow and specific and tight with your qualification of prospects that you're, what you're basing that assumption on is like, you know who exactly your ideal client is and you're not likely to be surprised. On the other end, maybe you could sort of be a little more loose and fuzzy with the qualification and maybe some happy surprises would come along. So how do you think about qualifying when you're, I mean, we kind of touched on the, some of the specifics of doing that searching in sales navigator. Um, anything, any other thoughts occur to you about qualification that you think would be useful to dive into? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just trying to think through what those questions are. Okay. Um, I mean like getting like the navigator queue pulled up as one, mm -hmm. but then the biggest thing is, like I said, like half the leads that come through typically are unqualified. Mm -hmm. So trying to think through what those questions are. Um, I'm always, you know, kind of, um, Googling someone or, um, you know, pulling up their LinkedIn and trying to look at their company page or just their background and stuff and, um, researching people like it takes two minutes to click someone's profile click on their website and just like take a look around and see if they look legitimate. Mm. So um, in that sense, like that's like researching is probably one of the biggest ways to qualify. And then just mm -hmm. thinking through like, what are the questions you can ask to um, figure that out? Like I had some guy that responded or came as he came through like the duck soup stuff. So he was an added inbound connection. Like 
you said, like someone mentioned earlier, there can be some crazies in there. And he's like, oh, I need help with leads for my business. And I go to his LinkedIn and I'm like, you don't even have a business li listed. Like, and then I like asking him and he's like, well, I'm starting this thing. And it's just like, well, that's, you're probably not my customer. Like, yeah, <laughs> and it. so it's like, you know, it's just, um, yeah, researching and then asking questions, I think is the best two quickest ways to qualify. Okay. You still have some people that might get to the phone that are secret crazies, but um, hopefully fewer okay. and fewer of those. So. Okay, so those questions would be sort of like the diagnostic questions a doctor asks you when they're trying to figure out what's wrong with you, right? Like, does it hurt here or here? Um, does it hurt when you bend over? Uh, like that kind of stuff. You're trying to identify whether somebody has a, a clearly evident need for what you do. Yeah. Am I, am I right about that? Yeah, that's, that's definitely one way. Another thing, mm -hmm. um, so this actually probably be relevant to the audience. Mm -hmm. um, I have one girl who she did um, website design and development mm -hmm. and she would actually offer like, hey, let me know if you want like a quick video review of your website. Uh -huh. And she would offer that to people that she thought looked qualified. Um, and so that was another, she got like tons of engagement or responses on that and would then like, you know, use the use loom.com mm -hmm. thing and mm -hmm. just put together a really quick review of her thoughts on it and send it over mm -hmm. and she got tons of engagement that way. So mm. um, that kind of stuff, again, can be really um, useful as well. But yeah, just trying to think through, yeah, what those um, questions are, whether it's like, hey, do you do your development in-house or, mm -hmm. you know, um, like, or what are, what projects are you working on these days mm -hmm. or what's your focus at the moment or, mm -hmm. you know, what are you guys trying to do? Like all that stuff, I like, try not to be super salesy but something that's like conversational just be like will you hire me like it's not like us you don't want to go too <laughs> like yeah so go for the kill <laughs> <laughs> yeah got it okay well we may have made our way through all the questions what what have we missed like what seems maybe that uh you know what, what's going to be surprising to people about this the first time they try it or What's going to be something that seems like a roadblock that's really not a big deal? They could just have some patience and work their way through. Yeah, I would say um, I think we've hit a lot of it. I mm -hmm. think the biggest thing is just making sure to be conversational and ask those okay. questions back is probably the biggest. Okay. Um, I can share and just show you like one more kind of finish out the showing you the Airtable piece might okay. be useful. I think we, we sure. started that and I'll just show the final pieces real quick. Okay. Um, but let's see here. That's the wrong one. Okay. So we were I was showing you this Airtable um, setup before how we have mm -hmm. this kind of connection sent people drop in here. Um, then basically whenever someone accepts that, we basically will move them to the accepted and thank you sent. Mm -hmm. And uh, then basically we can have um, different views in here. So we know, um, basically to send drip one at so many points and to send the meeting ask based off of when the date they were added was. Mm -hmm. So basically um, we have this like state here and then we'll kind of move them and send the drip one and basically organize people and move them all through this sequence of different um, steps. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you haven't used Airtable, it's super cool. So we can see uh, this one actually, yeah. So these are um, some 52 people that were now ready to send the drip one to. Okay. Um, through this campaign. And so you can kind of sort people and build a, basically a to-do list here with Airtable. So okay. um, super what's, powerful little tool what, here. What's special about Airtable compared to Google Sheets or other things like that? Yeah, it's, it's so it's like this ability, these are all different views, which is mm -hmm. cool. So, mm -hmm. um, so like I can have my like list view mm -hmm. where I can just literally see all of the records of everything. 
-hmm. I can then just sort it by status um, and kind of drop it in these statuses, mm -hmm. do that. Um, this one, for example, uh, what we have here, this view is set up on a filter. Mm -hmm. So I'm filtered to only people who have accepted. And mm -hmm. there we also have a tag because I've run multiple different campaigns. I'm doing one towards social selling people now. Mm. Um, and then I also, there should be a filter on this date modified here as well. So okay. um, it's really just kind of like these cool things you can do to um, basically kind of adjust and just really, it's really versatile. You can just mm. like do Got anything it. you want with it, which is really nice. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Jake, thank you. This has no been problem. informative, useful, actionable, interesting, uh, provocative, all the things I like for these desktop marketing briefings to be. Um, so I hope folks have questions and of course they should contact you directly. So how can they reach you? Um, how can they find out more about the service where you're doing this in exchange for money, which for some people may be a, make, give them a great ROI because their time is valuable enough. So give us sort of the rundown of how folks could follow up. Yeah. So, um, Biggest, the uh, main place to go for this would be leadcookie.com. Okay. Um, and that's where kind of everything is on the service. And then um, also if you go, I'll actually put this in the chat here real quick. Thank you. Um, but we have a blog. Um, I have a blog that basically gives away the framework, kind of goes through all the steps of what I just presented. Okay. Um, but also has all the scripts and frameworks there as kind uh -huh. of a content upgrade that you can get as well. Um, so that's one other place you can go on my website, um, to kind of check that out as well. But lead cookie or my website would be the two places to go. I'll put okay. lead cookie in here as well. Okay. I'll stick those links in with the recording of this. Um, great. Well, Jake, thank you. Thank you. Thank awesome. you. Thank you. No problem. Thanks for having me on here, Philip. Like I said, uh, niched agencies win with this kind of stuff. So I thought it was a perfect fit. Well, I think they win in every way, of they course. <laughs> Uh, so, um, yeah, just take that as yet one more reason, folks, if you're considering specializing to um, keep thinking about it, because what you've presented about LinkedIn is, is a sort of microcosm of the same benefits you get with like content marketing. All of a sudden that starts, I mean, not all of a sudden, like overnight, but over time that starts working better and uh, on and on and on. Um, okay. Well, Jake, thanks. Uh, thanks to everybody who made the time to attend and ask wonderful questions. I really appreciate it. Um, if you have specific questions about LinkedIn, ask Jake, not me, because he's a guy who knows. If you have questions about specialization, you know where to find me. I'll see you all around, uh, and I'm just going to hang up unceremoniously. Bye for now, everybody. See you, everyone.